Chapter 2, Part 2 of U.S. Marine Operations in Korea, 1950-1953, Volume 2, The Inchon Seoul Operation, by Lynn Montross and Nicholas Canzona. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Minutemen of 1950 Embarkation of First Marine Division it is a curious circumstance that not until 8 August did General Smith himself have his first information as to the Inchon landing. The basic directive of 25 July had merely specified that the main body of the division would embark from San Diego, prepared for combat. The commanding general did not learn even unofficially about the time and place of the proposed operation until he was told by General Fellers. While reporting at Camp Pendleton on his return from Japan, the TTU commander gave General Smith an informal account of the conference which took place on 4 July at FECOM headquarters in Tokyo. On the following day, 9 August, the division issued Operation Order No. 1-50, which provided for the movement of the division, less the brigade and one RCT, to the Far East to report upon arrival to sink fee for operational control. Embarkation was to be carried out in accordance with Embarkation Plan No. 1-50 of 6 August. By this date, 17,162 Marines in Camp Pendleton were eligible for reassignment to the 1st Marine Division. There was no time, of course, for much training. On 2 August, the Division issued Training Bulletin No. 36-50 as a general guide providing for some rudiments of individual and small unit instruction but about all that could be accomplished was conditioning training and test firing of weapons. As a result, many of the weapons issued directly to units were found to be defective, having been in storage since 1945. The war news from Korea at this time lent an atmosphere of grim realism to preparations at Camp Pendleton. On 2 August, the 1st Provisional Marine Brigade had landed at Pusan, the day following the debarkation of two U.S. Army units, the skeletonized 2nd Infantry Division, and the 5th RCT. The original destination of the Marines had been Japan, but during the voyage the military situation deteriorated so rapidly that on 25 July a landing in Korea was ordered by Sink Fee. Following the capture of Taejeon on 20 July, the Red Korean columns of invasion speeded up their end run around the 8th Army's open left flank. Driving eastward as well as southward, the enemy made such progress during the next 10 days that on 31 July, the UN forces were pushed back into a chain of defensive positions in southeast Korea. This was the Pusan perimeter, which must be held if the vital line of communications from the supply port of Tegu was to be maintained. The Marines jumped off east of Masan on 7 August with the Army 5th RCT and elements of the 25th Infantry Division in the first sustained counterattack mounted by UN forces. General Craig had control of Army as well as Marine units during the most critical period of the initial two days, and carrier-based MAG-33 squadrons provided tactical air support. Enemy resistance was so shattered by the 9th that the Red Korean machine of invasion went into reverse for the first time. From the 9th to the 13th, when they were relieved, parallel columns of Army and Marine assault troops drove from Chindongni nearly to Chinju, a distance of about 40 miles by the seacoast route. 
It was only a local setback for the enemy, to be sure, but it had a heartening effect for tired UN forces which had known only delaying action so far. It also added to the problems of staff officers at Camp Pendleton and Pearl Harbor, since replacements must be sent to the brigade. With this in mind, the Commandant had begun the organization of the first replacement draft of approximately 800 men on the date of brigade activation. These troops, however, were absorbed into 1st Marine Division when it expanded to war strength, as was a second draft, also designated the first replacement draft, of 3,000 men. On 3 August, the 1st Marine Division was directed by FMF PAC to send 10 officers and 290 enlisted men to the brigade by airlift. This draft was to be ready to move from Camp Pendleton by Matt's planes on 9 August, but not until five days later did it finally proceed to San Francisco by rail and fly to Japan. On the 23rd, another draft of 10 officers and 300 enlisted men from Marine posts in Hawaii and Guam was sent by air to Japan, these troops being replaced by the same number of non-combat-ready Marines airlifted from Camp Pendleton. This process was twice repeated early in September, when two more drafts totaling 20 officers and 590 men flew to Japan to provide replacements and third companies for the 5th Marines of the Brigade. Logistics offered as many problems as personnel at Camp Pendleton, since both the Brigade and Division units had been on peace tables of organization and equipment. The 30-day replenishment stock, held in readiness for such an emergency, was also based on peace strength tables. Thus it was found that the specification of requirements was best determined in most instances by making out requisitions based on the difference between TE for peace and war. Narrow time limits did not permit the assembly of supplies and equipment delivered at Camp Pendleton under the relentless pressure of urgent deadlines. FMF land, air, and ground units arriving from Camp Lejeune brought their own organization equipment, which was staged through the recruit depot at San Diego. Much of the heavy equipment from the Barstow, California Annex, Depot of Supplies, was delivered dockside and loaded without further inspection. Not until arrival at Kobe, Japan, were such items as the LVTs finally given a mechanical checkup. Ammunition was delivered from the depots to the naval station, San Diego, for loading. The following units of fire were specified by Division Embarkation Plan 1-50. 1. Three UF-in-hands of 1st Marines, LVT, tank, and artillery units. One UF-in-hands of all other units. 2. Two UF-in-hands of 1st Ordnance Battalion for the 1st Marines, LVT, tank, and artillery units. 3. Four UF in the hands of the 1st Ordnance Battalion for other units. Even after all items of initial supply had been assembled, the problem was by no means solved. Since the division and wing would be operating under Army and Air Force control, it became necessary to establish a long-range policy for resupply. The best answer seemed to be the procedure adopted by the brigade, providing that the Army and Air Force furnish all supplies not peculiar to the Marine Corps. The latter would be provided by Marine or Navy agencies automatically in 30-day increments, with 120 days of resupply allotted to ground units and 90 days to air units. Thereafter, supply was to be requisitioned as needed. And in the lack of a service command as such, 
The G4 section of FMF PAC was committed to the task of preparing and submitting resupply requisitions for items in this category. 500 civilians were employed to help with the reconditioning of motor transport and other heavy equipment which had been in mothballs at Barstow since the end of World War II. Such items had to be put through the shops in many instances and restored to operating condition before delivery. The enormous supply depot in the California desert erupted with activity as trains of flat cars and long columns of motor trucks were routed to San Diego. The actual loading and embarkation were conducted almost according to schedule, in spite of such handicaps as inadequate dock facilities, the reception of supplies and equipment from a variety of sources, a shortage of stevedores, and piecemeal assignments of shipping. Only 54 stevedore crews were available out of the 90 requested, and commercial ships were necessary to supplement naval shipping. Nevertheless, the loading began on 8 August and was completed by the 22nd. The following 19 ships were employed to mount out the main body of the 1st Marine Division. LST-845 LSM-419 Two APAs the USS Noble and USS President Jackson, five APs, the USNS General Buckner, USNS General Weigel, USS Marine Phoenix, USNS General Miggs and USS General Butner, and 10 AKs, the SS Dolly Thurman, SS Green Bay Victory, SS Noonday, SS African Patriot, SS Twin Falls Victory, SS Southwind, SS American Press, SS American Victory, SS Alma Victory, and SS Belgian Victory. Generals Shepard and Cates arrived for the main embarkation on the 13th and 14th, respectively, accompanied by Major General Franklin A. Hart and Brigadier General Edwin A. Pollock. While these general officers were being acquainted with the progress made so far, the AKA Titania blew out two boilers after being about 20% loaded. Since the repairs would require about 10 days, a commercial freighter was provided as a last-minute replacement. Buildup of 7th Marine Regiment one of the purposes of General Shepard's visit was to discuss with General Cates the problems of organizing and embarking the 7th Marines, reinforced. The activation of this unit had been directed on 10 August 1950 when an officer of the G-1 Section, Headquarters FMF PAC, delivered orders to Camp Pendleton. This was the result of a change of mind on the part of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. After reconsideration, they decided that it would be feasible to raise a third RCT much sooner than had it first seemed possible, though not in time for MacArthur's assault landing. Arrival in Japan about 20 September seemed to be the earliest date that could be managed. Of the 17,162 eligible Marines at Camp Pendleton at that time, the regulars in excess of those required to mount out between the 10th and the 15th were placed in the rear echelon of the division as a cadre for the 3rd Infantry Regiment. The following troops were made available to draw upon for the formation of the 7th Marines. Officers and men from 2nd Marine Division, 1,822. Officers and men of 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines in the Mediterranean, 735. 
Officers and men of Marine Corps Reserve selected as combat ready, 1,972. Officers and men of Rear Echelon of Division and from posts and stations, 1,109. Total, 5,638. Colonel Homer L. Litzenberg was designated as commanding officer on the date of activation, 17 August 1950. The Chief of Naval Operations directed the regiment to embark for the Far East not later than 3 September. These components were included in the buildup. 3rd Battalion, 11th Marines. Company D, 1st Tank Battalion. Company D, 1st Engineer Battalion. Company C, 1st Shore Party Battalion, including two Shore Party communication teams from Signal Company, Signal Battalion. Company D, 1st Motor Transport Battalion. Company E, 1st Medical Battalion. Forming the nucleus of the regiment, the 6th Marines, at peace strength and less two battalions, arrived from Camp Lejeune on 16 August. The 3rd Battalion of this FMF Lant Regiment, then stationed afloat in the Mediterranean, was ordered to proceed through the Suez Canal to become part of the 7th Marines upon arrival in Japan. While the other elements were being absorbed at Camp Pendleton, a conference attended by General Smith, Major General Alfred H. Noble, and Colonel Litzenberg was held to discuss rear echelon personnel and the formation of RCT-7. The following troops were found to be available to take care of casuals and retain custody of such division supplies and equipment as had not yet been embarked. Marine Corps. Officers, 224. Enlisted, 1,029. Navy. Officers, 11. Enlisted, 35. Not included in these figures were 197 non-effective enlisted personnel, a rocket battery, a mortar transport company, and the organizational rear echelon of eight officers and 28 men. It was decided that General Noble, as FMF PAC representative, would examine MOSs to determine how many men would be transferred to the 7th Marines or retained for FMF units to be activated later. The need was also foreseen for rear echelon working parties to relieve personnel of units mounting out. Staff Groups Flown to Japan Although the 1st Marine Division had enough problems at Camp Pendleton to keep a full war strength staff busy, several of the key members were in Korea with the brigade. The complete division staff was never integrated until after the landing at Incheon. On 7 August, however, a dispatch from Sink Fee requested that the Commanding General, 1st Marine Division, and planning group capable of developing division embarkation and landing plans be airlifted to the Far East. General Smith decided that this flight could be best made in two echelons. The first, which took off for Japan at 1400 on 16 August 1950, included a group of 12 officers and 6 enlisted men selected to initiate planning. G2 Colonel B.T. Holcomb, Jr., Tech Sergeant W. O'Grady. Assistant G-2, Major J.G. Babashanian, Corporal J.N. LaRue. G-3, Colonel A.L. Bowser, Jr., Sergeant G.O. Davis, Jr. Assistant G-3, Lieutenant Colonel F.R. Moore. Assistant G-4, Lieutenant Colonel C.T. Hodges. Assistant Embarkation Officer, Captain R.E. Moody, PFC H.J. McAvenue, 
Shore Party Officer, Major J.G. Dibble, Signal Officer, Lieutenant Colonel A. Creel, Corporal L. Shefchik, Assistant G-1, Lieutenant Colonel B.D. Godbold, Fire Support Coordination, Lieutenant Colonel D.E. Reeve, Staff Sergeant P. Richardson, Naval Gunfire Officer, Lieutenant Colonel L.S. Fraser, Air Officer, Captain W.F. Jacobs. General Smith stayed at Camp Pendleton for two more days until he was assured that the main body of the division had sailed. Then he accompanied the second echelon of planners, which departed by air at 1410 on 18 August. C.G., Major General O.P. Smith. Chief of Staff, Colonel G.A. Williams, Corporal C.V. Irwin. Aide to C.G., Captain M.J. Sexton, P.F.C. W.D. Grove. G-1, Colonel H.S. Walseth, Corporal W.P. Minette. Assistant Signal Officer, Captain A.J. Gunther, Master Sergeant F.J. Stumpches. G-4, Colonel F.M. McAllister. Engineer Officer, Major E.P. Moses, Jr. Embarkation Officer, Major J.M. Rouse. Amtrak Officer, Major A.J. Barrett. Motor Transport Officer, Major H.W. Seeley, Jr. Ordnance Officer, Major L.O. Williams. The departure of the Commanding General coincided with the closing of the Division CP at Camp Pendleton. There were still several thousand Marines of the rear echelon left under the control of General Noble in the sprawling installation, but the brown California hills looked down upon a scene of strange and brooding quiet as compared to the activity of the past three weeks. It was D-28 for the men of the 1st Marine Division. End of Chapter 2, Part 2 Read by Aaron Bennett